0: Welcome to More Than Ink.
1: The Gospels all include John the Baptist as the beginning of the Mm -hmm. story of Jesus. What was that relationship?
2: Right, and today John the Baptist is back in the story even though he's in prison, and Jesus is gonna tell everyone who he is.
1: He says he's a prophet and more than a prophet. What does that
2: mean? Yeah, that's a curious phase. Well, let's find out what more than a prophet is today on on More Than Than Ink. Ink. Well, a wonderful good morning to you. I'm Jim, and I'm Dorothy, and uh, we're glad you could join with us. In the background today, you may you may hear some sounds of the summer. Actually, sounds of spring, I suppose.
1: Well, it's summer. It's a warm morning, and yeah. there's people out mowing their lawns, and we can't escape that because we record in our can't. own dining room. <laughs> That's right,
2: and we got chickens nearby, so you might hear some clucking. So, just a little bit of uh, you know fun background sounds. We did not add them. They're actually in the room right here this is what we live with so we are reading through matthew we're glad you're joining us and uh and jesus is very active here in chapter 11 uh doing ministry in upper galilee in the galilee region he just in fact last time we got together he finished in chapter 10 sending off the apostles the sent ones right and uh, got them all prepped and ready to go and and uh, in one chapter, uh, equip them for well, what yeah, they to do. Well, yeah, if you remember,
1: what he told them was, you know, don't be afraid of people. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what they say. Uh, I came to bring a sword. In other words, you're going to find people divided
2: over me or they're not going to roll uh, the red carpet right. out for you they may
1: you. not but the one who receives you receives me right, right and so it's all about who is your message about the message is about jesus not about them yes so uh, and that's message, how he equipped them to send them out
2: their message will not be universally received so it's going to be right. difficult in the same right. in the same way that jesus message was not universally received so he sent them out and uh we don't have anything about where they went after that so as we pick up here in chapter 11 we're following Jesus and I I, I don't know presumably the apostles are out doing their stuff they, today I don't know they someplace went else and, yeah
1: because
2: uh, it because when we start off chapter 11 it says when Jesus had finished instructing his twelve disciples, Well, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. So so that's where we are today. He sent
1: them out, and he continues to go out himself. And he continues
2: to go on. So if you're following with us, we're in chapter 11, and uh, right at the top. So uh, we're reading out of the ESV version. So here we go. You want to read for us? Sure. Let's do it.
1: When Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you see and hear. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Mm -hmm. Shall we stop there? Yeah, let's
2: stop there. Because he's going to go on to
1: talk about John the Baptist some more, but here he's talking about himself.
2: Right, 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 right. So uh, so John was in prison at this point, it says. I
1: know. And if,
2: if you read the accounts, you see why he got in prison, but well, he's in prison.
1: And he probably has a sense that he's not coming out this is the end
2: for him right (laughs) Right. yeah right it's a one way trip but also you know it could very well be that he's been somewhat insulated from the news of what Jesus has been doing maybe so Jesus has been very active and he's hearing what's going on because it says while he was in prison he heard about the deeds it's interesting Matthew writes here the deeds of the Messiah of the Christ so he's telling you well we know who this guy is yeah so
1: possibly John didn't witness these miraculous works because remember he had already early on at the baptism identified Jesus as his son he had God. Yeah, he had, and then shortly after that, he had said to some of his own disciples, there's the Lamb of God who takes right, away the sin right. of the world. So he clearly knew that Jesus was the sent yeah,
2: one. Yeah, there was some speculation that in this particular case here because John did know who Jesus was, right. that he was do, he was sending these disciples for the disciples for purpose, their sake. For their I had sake. that same thought. Yeah, and so that that's not a bad observation. So, but it's a great benefit to us because Jesus' answer is very instructive. It is. Jesus doesn't just say, "Yeah, I'm the guy." He says, "Go back to what you know in the Old Testament. What is the Messiah right. going to be like? And that's just a great way to, to answer his.
1: Uh, well, okay. So he quotes Isaiah extensively here. Yeah. He makes reference to three or four different places. And the interesting thing to me is that Jesus quotes Isaiah more than any other yeah. book, it yeah. seems to me. Uh, it's possible that Deuteronomy is a, is a close second or they are about the same. But Isaiah is Isaiah's full up there. of very clear statements about what the sent one will do and what he'll be like. Yeah. So I would encourage you listeners to, to look for your cross-references on this passage where Jesus describes the work, mm-hmm. the sent one, because mm-hmm. you'll find yourself in Isaiah 35 and Isaiah 42 and Isaiah 61, Isaiah 28. It's, You're going to find yourself yeah. all over the book of <laughs> Isaiah. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> But, you know, that's always that's always a good response for us, too. You know, who is Jesus? Well, mm-hmm. let me tell you what they were looking for in the Old right. Testament. Because because God was clear about this one who would come. And so Jesus himself uses that same thing. Look at my credentials in the Old Testament, and you tell me if they match right. what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. And uh, and so these are things that we've been reading just casually here and go, well, yeah, Jesus did those things. And so if that matches up to what we read in the Old Testament, you know, this might be the Messiah. And indeed, he is. Yeah. He is.
1: So it's interesting that he says, "Blessed is the one who's not not offended by me, or who doesn't stumble ah, over me." One of my
2: favorite words.
1: Because that's you know Isaiah had had laid out this idea of the stumbling stone, someone mm-hmm. God had mm-hmm. planted in the way of those who were proceeding to grab onto the kingdom by their own expectations. Yeah, so this word
2: offense doesn't mean, oh, you said something that makes me feel no, bad. It's it, not that at all. No,
1: it's a stumbling It's over. a
2: stumbling. It's, it's an
1: obstacle. When
2: some when someone does something that deliberately gets in your way. Yes, stops that,
1: your forward motion. That's
2: this word scandalizo. It means it's, it's a stumbling block. It's an impediment. It gets in your uh-huh. way. So he's saying, you know, if who I am, who I claim to be is not getting in your way, You're blessed, you've got it, you've got it. In
1: other words, it's not getting in your way, it's opening your way.
2: Exactly, exactly. Because God
1: said, I'm gonna plant this stumbling stone and they're going to have to deal with it you can't get right. past this rock of and, christ and
2: yet we talked about last time that the apostles when they went out they were going to be resisted by people and mm-hmm. and primarily because when they brought up the name of jesus as being the messiah that would be their stumbling stone right. they'd say wait i can't get past that you right. uh, you're claiming he's the messiah sorry that's an impediment in me following whatever you say from this point
1: okay so we're going to see jesus kind of unpack that in the coming uh, yeah. chapter yeah because he was continually doing things that they interpreted as breaking the law and so this idea of the stumbling stone being uh an obstacle to getting into the kingdom the way you thought you could which is by keeping law so let me just make a note here of uh, romans 9. okay because paul says that was the problem with the jews that they stumbled over the stumbling stone. This is Romans nine thirty three, Just as it's written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. But Paul goes on to say that the Jews, uh, he bears them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. Mm-hmm. Because not, not, understanding god's righteousness and seeking to establish their own they did not subject themselves to the righteousness of god which comes by faith right by faith faith in jesus and so i that's jesus is saying hey if you are offended by me it's the issue of believing that i am who i am
2: yeah and and don't get into
1: the kingdom by law keeping
2: Right. right and i might make a captain obvious observation right here, but uh But when you trip over something, it's something that you don't anticipate being in your way. It kind of surprises you. So it's actually a very apt metaphor for what happens when people hear about Jesus' claims of being the Messiah, and it causes them to trip and say, "Whoa, I didn't see that coming. Right. And they either fall or pick themselves up. So that's that's what he's talking about here.
1: Well, and this whole chapter actually is talking about willful blindness. Yeah. Right. Because willfully blind people misinterpret what's in front of them.
2: Right, right. So as we push on, at this point, I think Jesus' explanation to these two disciples of John was very public with the people, mm-hmm. because when we pick up verse seven, I think Jesus has to explain publicly who these guys were they were asking, and who they're asking on behalf of is John the Baptist. So he has to explain it right. to okay. the crowd. So he explains it in verse seven.
1: Okay. As they went away, that's they, the disciples of John, are going right. back to John. Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? Well, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to yeah. see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the he of whom it's written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among those born among women there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who's least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and violent Mm. men take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you're willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear.
2: Nice thumbnail sketch on John the Baptist. Really interesting stuff here. Yeah, so people did go out in the wilderness to go check out what's going on. Uh, did they go out to see a reed shaken? You know, someone basically. Somebody making
1: noise in the wind.
2: Noise in the wind, <laughs> yeah. Kind of a train wreck personality out there flailing around. Or did you, uh, did you expect to go out there and see a, a noble person dressed up in nice clothes? No, what you went out to see and hear was a prophet. And more than a prophet. That's yeah. an intriguing So statement. in
1: what way was he more than a prophet?
2: Yeah, he's more than a prophet because he's the last of the string of prophets. Right. prophets, And he's the special prophet who is going to be the herald, we call it. Someone who right. Goes ahead of the king, and uh, and this particular last prophet who goes ahead of the king was predicted in Isaiah and Malachi, right. and that's what he quotes right here.
1: And you'll find those references in your column if you have a Bible with right. cross references. All those so little tiny, those that tiny
2: out. print in the middle column. That's important. Yeah, yeah, because because it'll it'll flag Isaiah forty verse three because that's the voice crying in the wilderness. And uh, and then the actual passage he quotes there, behold, I send my messenger, that's Malachi Right. you right. You'll see those words in that center column. Right, so exactly. chase those babies down and see what they're talking about. And you'll see that this man, John the Baptist, had been predicted by these two other prophets as someone who had come right before the coming of the so Messiah. So
1: it's interesting that Jesus himself says, and he is the last prophet in the Old Testament pattern, Yeah.
2: yeah. right?
1: But because he's the last one to come and say, Messiah is coming. Repent. Get ready.
2: Well, because Messiah is here. Well, yeah, because all the prophets before said, "Get ready. The Messiah is coming. Right, Messiah is coming. Right. Messiah is coming." And the right. last guy says, "Boop, here he is." That's okay, a different so prophet.
1: now we have to talk about this little this puzzle. Uh, when he says, "You know, until now, uh, they've been taking the kingdom of." kingdom by force by and violent men take it by force what do you make of that
2: yeah that's an interesting one because because it's characteristic also the times before john the baptist you know isaiah and all those prophets were not they're not well received and they suffered violence right they suffered violence but But violence at the hands of whom of the religious of, people. Of the religious leadership right, who right. should
1: have known better. That's yeah. important.
2: They tripped over the message that right. Scandalizo again. They tripped over that message. Yeah. So
1: I mean that takes us back into that Romans nine and ten passage where Paul says, you know, they with all of their zeal, they were perceiving that the kingdom could be grabbed onto by human effort right, and will. Right, he says right. it, it's not ceasefield. Which
2: is fascinating because let's say these prophets' message is false. And they, and they go against it by force, that's one thing. But what if the message is true and you go against it by force? Right. I mean, God's message is not going to be stopped by their violence. Right. That's that's what he's saying. They're kind of taking the kingdom by force. No, oh, the kingdom's going to come.
1: It's so interesting that the, the Jewish leadership in the time of Jesus, if you remember, even after he raised Lazarus, they said, oh, we got to do away with this guy because the mm-hmm, Romans are going to mm-hmm. come and take away our place. Right,
2: right. right? So they're, right.
1: by the force of their violence, trying to hang on to their their place in history yeah right yeah. jesus told this parable in luke 19 about the the vine growers who said hey let's let's kill all these servants and then the vine the vineyard will be ours and they understood yeah. that he was telling that parable against them
2: because they get taken out the and inheritor right. The that's son. right yeah yeah so
1: this idea of hanging on to your status quo by yeah. violence uh, it, Jesus is addressing that in a bunch of different ways. Yeah, here.
2: I, you know, I might point out too the, the Elijah connection is very powerful, especially for Jews, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's appropriate for Matthew, who is a very Jewish-oriented gospel, right. to point this out. But uh, to this very day, when the Passover is celebrated in Jewish homes across the world, <laughs> part of the Passover seder, which is just the uh, the order of the program they do right. on the dining room table, uh, they actually set a place. For Elijah mm-hmm. at the table. And one part of the Seder ceremony, since they know that the that Elijah will come before the Messiah, is they send the kids to the front door of the house, they fling open the door, and they wait to see if Elijah is coming right. today. It's a it's a great ceremony, but it, it, it uh it signals a very powerful mindset of Jews, and they know this. Elijah is gonna come before the Messiah comes. And so what Jesus is saying right here, as the Messiah, is well in a way, you could say Elijah is John the Baptist. However, right. you could also realize that Elijah did indeed come at the Transfiguration. At the right? At, so he, so literally, he does come, and uh, uh, and and he, and this is I'm moving into speculation land right here. But in in uh, Revelation 11, we talk about the two witnesses who can't be killed and then they are killed. There's a lot of really great commentary it says that one of those guys is Elijah come back. Who comes back? before the coming of the second mm-hmm. coming of the Messiah. so.
1: But you remember when they asked John the Baptist, are you Elijah? He said, no, I'm not. No,
2: I'm not. I am not right.
1: literally Elijah right. uh, reincarnated. Exactly. Um, I am John. <laughs> yeah. So,
2: but at the transfiguration, in several chapters we will get there in Matthew 17. He's there. So, I mean, in a real sense and in a kind of a symbolic sense, it, it happens uh, uh, in a dualism. And you see that a lot in scripture for prophecy.
1: Hmm. Well you so, wanna well, just one last thing. Okay. In verse fifteen, Jesus says, He who has oh, ears to hear, let him hear. Okay. What a, what a great so line. that is a continuous refrain that he constantly says, right? Yeah. You got ears in your head let what goes in them penetrate what's inside you yeah. and that actually also could be a another veiled reference back into isaiah isaiah 32 3 says then the eyes of those who see will not be blinded and the ears of those who hear will listen yes right you're yes. a human being you got eyes and ears Let them do what they're designed to do, which is let the truth into your mind and your heart.
2: It's such a great reinforcement of the fact, too, that the gospel and our conversion process starts with our hearing, Mm
1: -hmm. starts
2: with our understanding something that's factual and tangible. It's not just a fuzzy feeling. It's understanding something in a cognitive sense. And in fact, I I like to go uh, to Matthew 13 because Jesus says this again. He says, for this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely here and their eyes they have closed which
1: god had said in isaiah
2: which he said in isaiah (laughs) and said and then he goes on says "Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with the ears and and here's the where the traction happens and understand with their heart and turn Turn. and i would heal them so but it starts the process of hearing and paul says that too you know how would they mm-hmm. believe if they don't hear mm-hmm. so uh christianity is not just a fuzzy feeling that comes upon us right it's a it's a reaction it's a response it's a repentance to what we understand and see with our eyes and hear with our ears and here jesus is saying look if you got ears that work you need to stop and let them listen right and con- contemplate what's going on And here.
1: you know we kind of use this expression today when he said don't let this just go in one ear and out the other yeah yeah right let it come into your ears and settle into your internal person
2: or the coach says to his team players listen up (laughs) listen up listen up listen up Hmm.
1: oh that takes me back to the Shema
2: Shema hero Israel listen the the great Shema yeah, listen. Yeah. Hmm. God God is a God is a God who wants us to understand. Mm-hmm. He I mean, he gives us eyes and ears and a brain and a heart. He wants us to understand. But that critical understanding comes in our heart and that's where what we hear and God's Holy Spirit merges those together and then we respond. So, uh, that's kind of the more spiritual side of it. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. 16 okay is that where we are Uh yeah okay
1: but to what shall i compare this generation it's like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates we played the flute for you and you didn't dance we sang a dirge and you didn't mourn for john (laughs) came neither eating nor drinking and they say he has a demon the son of man came eating and drinking and they say look at him a glutton and a drunkard a friend of tax collectors and sinners Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. <laughs> I, I
2: just love this because sixteen and seventeen is meant to say that John the Baptist was did not play by the rules. Right, he didn't color within the lines at the time. I mean, when when we said you're supposed to rejoice, he wasn't rejoicing, and when we were mourning, he wasn't mourning. Well, and he wasn't doing it right, Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> John the Baptist was not coloring inside the lines. That's what 16 and 17 right, says. And right. uh, we just don't like that. Well, he's a we radical. we don't like
1: it if you don't do what we expect or what we call for.
2: Uh, that's right. That's why John the Baptist was so, so attractive to a lot of people. He says, this guy's not doing what anyone right. else is he doing.
1: outside the norm. He,
2: he is just <laughs> not within the religious culture. And he's doing something way outside of that. And yet he was so misinterpreted, Jesus says in 18, you know. He came neither eating or drinking. Okay, that sounds like a wonderful wonderful. wonderful ascetic kind of thing. Nope, he has a demon. What? (laughs) <laughs> and then the son of man, talking Jesus, talking about himself, came eating and drinking, and they'll say, "Look at him; he's a glutton and a drunkard." So you, it's you a, can't
1: satisfy him either. way. It's a no-win situation.
2: That's right. You either drink or you don't drink. You eat or you don't eat, and they're still going to misunderstand what's going on. Uh, but
1: it's lovely that Jesus wraps that whole thing up by saying, "Yet wisdom is justified. Wisdom is shown to be right.
2: Yes, yes, by her deeds. But, yeah, right, by the evidence. Right. The active. What's the outcome?
1: Active outcome. What's of what the is outcome?
2: Happening. And Jesus will say many times." Don't listen to what they say. Judge them by their fruit. See what's the accomplishments. And he's going to actually outcome. talk about
1: that in the yeah. next couple of paragraphs. Yeah.
2: So, so I just I chuckle at this. Uh, John the Baptist, man, he just wasn't playing by the rules. Well,
1: and again, it goes back to what I said a little while ago: that willful unbelief misinterprets what it sees.
2: Yeah, well, right? it, oh, it sees what it, it wants it to see. It
1: rejects the obvious evidence because it's not what you expect or what you really want.
2: Right, and it causes you to stumble. It's a stumbling right. block. It's a scandalito. You can't get
1: past it. Okay. okay, we better press to the end.
2: Well, let me read the last okay. two. Um, verse 20. So, then he began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Huh. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon... They would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, I will be. it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. Mm. And you, Capernaum, well, will you be exalted in heaven? Uh, you'll be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. Wow.
1: <laughs> He had said that before.
2: Whoa. Back in chapter 10. Yeah, 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 exactly. So here he is, very productive in northern Galilee, and he's hitting these places, Chorazin, Bethsaida, Capernaum, and, uh, and, and he's doing amazing. All these little places doing amazing. are very close together. Very close together, yeah. In fact, Corzine is just up the hill from Capernaum right. uh, at the Sea of Galilee. And we we don't have any recordings of what he did in Corazine. I mean, all of his miracles are documented in other places, but so there's a lot we don't know. But all he's saying in very dramatic and forceful fashion is you've seen things that other people have never right. seen. And you will never have a reason to disregard the message because you have had more benefit, more privilege in terms of seeing the Son of God up close than anybody else. And so then what he brings up as a contrast is two classic areas of condemnation from God, two classic regions, Tyre and Sidon, which is current day Lebanon coast. And, uh, and it figures quite prominently in Old Testament because there's, there's a spot. I had to go look it up because I'd forgotten. In Ezekiel 26, 3, where, where God says, uh, Therefore, thus says the Lord the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, mm-hmm. O Tyre. Well, that sounds right. pretty bad. And right. uh, and and the same thing happens in Sodom and Gomorrah, too. Because when, uh, remember in uh Abraham and his nephew Lot are sort of figuring out which land to, to pasture their flocks on. They look over the lands and and they make their choice. And right at that very point, this is way before the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. God says, "Now the men of Sodom were wicked, wicked. great sinners right. against the Lord." Mm-hmm. So these are two classic regions of the of the uh, judgment of God. Uh, I mean, in real time now, I forget and yet, about later.
1: Jesus saying, "If they had seen what you all have seen." They would have turned. They would have turned. They would have repented. So right. why haven't you?
2: So why haven't you? So it's, it's interesting a sobering to me statement. that
1: in these passages, these verses you just read, there are three repeated ideas. There's the mighty works mm-hmm, gets repeated. Mm-hmm. Repenting gets repent, repeated repent. and judgment.
2: And judgment gets repeated. Yeah. So,
1: you know, are you seeing the work of Jesus and is it causing yeah. you to turn? Because judgment is coming. Yeah. The the clock is ticking.
2: Yep. Yep. And he's saying, he's saying to these little villages, you've seen enough,
1: right? I mean,
2: there's no way you're going to stand before judgment and say, well, I wasn't really sure. So how
1: can you say, <laughs> show us a sign? Yeah, it, right. That's
2: right. That's right. And in fact, when Paul later on goes to Athens and he's standing in front of the people in Athens, he says the time of ignorance is passed. That's you can't right. say I don't know anymore. Uh, and, and judgment is coming based on these facts. Uh, it's really pretty fast. Even as far away as Athens, mm-hmm. he's saying this to people. The time of that ignorance, you can't stand and say I didn't know. I didn't know. And that's what he's saying to these folks here. So Jesus is doing mighty things. It says the cities where he did most of his mighty Mm -hmm. works, wow, had been done there, which surprises me. Why not just do his mighty works in a place like Jerusalem rather than in these little villages in the north? And uh, he does do his mightiest work in Jerusalem later on at the well, crucifixion it, and the resurrection. And
1: the the just prior to that, a mighty work at raising Lazarus. Yeah. Just, just a couple of miles yeah. away. So
2: he's going to spread the wealth around some of his mightiest works. But it's works.
1: interesting up in Galilee being a, a highway for the Gentile world.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right.
1: The news would have spread all over the world.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was really a it was a traffic. Um, mm-hmm. conjunction of lots of trails right. yeah so gentiles i mean all. if you went anywhere from asia down to africa you were usually coming through coming that through area Galilee. Yeah. yeah so that was a big mi- mixing pot for that so it makes sense you do that well we are approaching the end of our time here <laughs> so where are we going next time in uh we're going to stay in matthew 11 and, uh, and you know, if, if this sounds like a pretty downer way to close this section of this program <laughs> about, about this. But, but he'll open up next time when we go into verse 25 into a wonderful section of hope and rest.
1: Well yeah, cuz we're breaking it here in the middle.
2: In the middle. Of a, of a single, I know. So this seems pretty severe. It's severe. but no, he's he's going to go into a wonderful thing about about hope, about rest, mm-hmm. about the Sabbath, about the great wonderful things that God has planned for us but it all hinges on your understanding and your embracing of the identity of who jesus is mm-hmm. and uh, and and that's what we'll look at next time so if you're bummed out right now <laughs> hold on or read ahead you can always read ahead, read you, don't, ahead. you don't have to wait for us read we're ahead. going to come back in 25 and that's where things get extraordinarily hopeful and probably one of the most well-known uh, verses in the new testament is quoted because it is such a great picture of hope for us a promise for jesus rest. So I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And we're so glad you're with us. Please read along with us and read ahead of us because then you'll be all prepped for to sit down with us next time we hear lawnmowers in the background and cars going by <laughs> as we look and we delight ourselves in God's word here on More, more Than, than Ink.
0: There are many more episodes of this broadcast to be found at our website morethanink.org. And while you're there, Take a moment to drop us a note. Remember, the Bible is God's love letter to you. Pick it up and read it for yourself, and you will discover that the words printed there are indeed more than ink. Cool. Such good stuff. Good stuff. This has been a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City.